0: Hi, welcome to Quid Pros Quo. I'm Zach.
1: And I'm Rin.
0: And today we are talking about how to query. Um, over the course of the Writing Fundamentals uh, uh, series, we've talked about the lots of portions of the writing process. We've talked about the actual act of planning your writing, writing itself, managing the writing process for you, and now we are getting into talking about publishing. So, Ren, what uh, what is a query? A query...
1: Okay. So, it's a it's a letter asking an agent to represent you. It, it usually has a short pitch, your word count, your comp titles, and we'll go over comp titles in a sec, and a two to three paragraph synopsis of your book. You have a short biography at the end of your query, and include, you include any writing credentials if you have any. We've talked about comp titles on the podcast before, but if this is your first episode, a comp title is a like, short for comparison title, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it basically is like, oh, here's what my book is like. And you don't want comp titles like too big. Like, you should never compare yourself to like, Harry Potter.
0: Nope, that is a no-go. That is a yeah. non-starter.
1: Um, which makes my magical school project much harder. <laughs> I don't come that, I just realized. But like, for example, my Witch's Blood project uh, that I'm querying right now, I say it's what happens when Margaret Owens the Merciful Crow meets Adrian tooley Sweet and Bitter Magic. And those are both, like, witches and, like, blood magic, and, the, like, that's, like, what my book is. So comp titles should be relevant to your book, and you need two of them generally.
0: Yes. Uh, another rule to think about when you're looking for comp titles is that you're looking for things that have been published within the last three-ish years. I've read varying varying year counts where it's like, it should be in the last year. No, in the last three years, in the last five years. So three years, plus or minus two. I guess. Yeah. Um, the more recent is probably the better, but not super duper recent. Because the reason that agents want to see a comp title is to see what the potential market is for your book. So if you have super recent comp titles, the numbers are still rolling in for that book. So it's not as helpful as something that's been around for three to five years where you actually have the data, and it's not so old that it is no longer relevant, quote unquote.
1: Absolutely. Another thing to have on hand when you're querying are full synopses of your book, and these have different lengths, like different agents will ask for different lengths. And also, this shouldn't be hard because your book should be finished, but like the first like five chapters or so of your book should mm-hmm. be pretty polished and ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, And these are just like additional things agents will ask for. they'll say a query letter and then like give me your first chapter, your first three chapters, your first five chapters or 50 pages, whichever one is more or less. And again, Mm -hmm. agent specific. But for the synopses, I've heard general rules of like 300 words to a full page to 10 pages and like everywhere in between.
0: Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of variation as far as what the entire query looks like and the way that you find out what you're supposed to do for the query is by looking at the specific agent where every agent is going to have a, a different style and a different um, different request as far as what the query package looks like for them.
1: Yes, exactly. So let's move into how to find and research agents. We both use Query Tracker and I use Manuscript Wishlist. I don't know if you've yep. used, you used it. I've, Manus- Manus-
0: I've used Manuscript Wishlist. Okay,
1: perfect. Um, query Tracker is really cool. You just like put in your... Like, genre. I haven't used Queer Tracker in months. I can't remember what you do. I think yeah, designed it. Have you seen?
0: I have not. But when I used it, they you would put in your genre, and then there were, depending on if you were a premium user versus a non-premium user, being a premium user is not expensive. It's, like, $25 per year. It's super cheap. Um, then you can go in and you can sort by, like, I just want – US agents, or I just want UK agents, or I think Canada's in there as well. Yeah. Um, you can create lists of, uh, of agents that you don't want to submit to or that are not appropriate for this project. Um, there are lots of ways that you can customize uh, Query Tracker, and then Query Tracker will – it logs all of your queries. So as long as you – if you get a yes, then you can go into Query Tracker, say yes, and then you have the list of all the other people that you've queried with. And you can go and let them know hey this has been accepted by such and such a person
1: yes and that's like one benefit of create a tracker of a manuscript wish list because mm-hmm. if you do only manuscript wish list you'll have to keep track with the spreadsheet which I recommend doing anyways mm-hmm.
0: um, backups are important
1: backups are so important because um, you don't want something to get lost and it, it's just a mess um, but manuscript wish list is almost like a blog for agents where they like go and put up like here's all my dream, like, titles and, like, my favorite books. And, they're, like, if you have seized, like, one of your comp titles on that author or that agent's page, you should probably query them. I mm. have one. She's actually an editor, and there are editors on my to Push List, too. Yes. And she only takes agent and submissions, so I can't submit her because I don't have an agent yet. But she's like my dream acquisition is the next sweet and bitter magic, and like I already said, that's what my comp titles. I'm like, just give me an agent, so I can send it to this editor because the editor will say yes. I just need an agent. It to her. Nice. So yeah.
0: Something else to keep in mind when you're researching agents is that a lot of them are on Twitter as of this writing. However, that may change in the near future. Yeah. Um, but anything that you can do to follow them on social media and it kind of get a. a First of all, it lets you see what they're up to Mm -hmm. and it can also let you know kind of what their character is. I know that when I've been going through going through and researching agents, there have been some agents where I've been like, this is not going to like our personalities are too different. Our values are too different. So I'm just Mm -hmm. not even going to bother. Um, And that's something that's important because I would not want to be in the position where I'm working with somebody who I really don't get along with on something like a book where there is a lot of work to do on it. And, I mean, the entire process of publishing traditionally takes, like, two to three years. So this is, like, a long-term, long-term thing.
1: Yeah. I just realized we don't have this in the show notes, but we should talk a little bit about what an agent does for you. Yes. So an agent is someone who represents your book to editors and publishers, and editors, like, represent publishing houses. Yes. Yes. You should never pay an agent. Like, they mm-hmm. get a cut of, like, your sale. Mm-hmm. Do I understand anything? But you should never be, like, paying an agent. And, like, Zach says, like, they should be someone you get along with because it's a long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. And if you are lucky enough to get into, like, a bidding war over your book for multiple agents, like, you should pick your favorite and do your research on Twitter and I your push list and any other socials you can find.
0: Yeah. So, that's how you research agents. Um, that's kind of the structure of the query letter the best way to learn how to write a query letter is to practice um, and then look for examples uh, query shark is a good um, is a good resource where you can go on and look at years and years and years of a professional editor critiquing um, critiquing query letters and there are lots of examples of what not to do there are examples of what to do on there so that's a great resource um, if you're on Reddit, um, there's a subreddit called Our Pub Tips that has a, a query crits on it as a, kind of like a family of posts, um, and so you can read examples of query letters, you can read example feedback that people have given on those on those letters, and that can help you kind of learn the tools of the trade as far as how to how to write it.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, something that has been helpful for me is going to query workshops at like writing conferences. Mm. And I've gotten so much help in writing my queries from those. And if you have a writing group, run it by them. And even if they can't... Even if you're none of you are published yet, um, having other eyes on it can help you just, like, refine the wording. Like, when I sent my query letter to my writing group, they just said, oh, here's, like, some t- syntax you can make better. Or, like, this word here is repetitive. Like, they can help with the granular stuff, even if they can't help with the macro stuff of making it, like, a good query letter. But...
0: yeah Yeah. so the last step that we have inside of our show notes is query 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 because it is a slog most of the time most of the time it's a slog guys it's a a slog because when you query you are going to face rejection I can guarantee it like Mm
1: -hmm.
0: there are a few things in life that are guaranteed like death taxes and rejection for query letters (laughs) like that is the, the third thing um I, we've shared on the podcast uh, before this uh, anecdote from Stephen King's On Writing about how when he was just starting out as a writer, he would collect rejection letters and he would put them on this giant spike on his desk. Yes. Um, I also do the same thing where I collect rejection letters and I, I don't have a spike, unfortunately. I just put them inside of a drawer. Um, and that kind of collecting... Is sometimes helpful because you have something to show for you have something to show for failure and you have something to show for rejection that reminds you that it's part of the process and you're moving forward even if it doesn't feel like you're moving forward very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently ran into the problem of well, if I got an acceptance, what do I do with it? Do I put it on the pile or do I put it somewhere else? You frame it,
1: and put it on the wall. Yes. <laughs>
0: Um and eventually you will get a you will get a yes. Um if you keep working at it, if you're if you're working on new projects and you're submitting those projects and you're persistent, eventually you will get uh you will get in yes from an agent. But that's not the end of the battle. Yeah. What happens after that, Ren? Uh
1: the author Mason Deaver talked at a writing conference I went to and they said that like Everyone says all it takes is one yes. It takes lots of yeses. Like, yes, you yeah, a yes from an agent, and then yes from an editor, and then from like the publishing house. Um, and then, like, a small yes, like cover artists. And like, one thing that I learned and that I'm very grateful that I won't have to do when I finally get traditionally published is to do covers. Yep. Because... Authors are notoriously bad in the industry for having like bad cover ideas. And this is often how you can tell an indie book from a trad book. Yes. Is the cover is not up to par and not like what you would see, like, you know, on the shelf at Barnes and Noble. Yep. Um and I as a side tangent on covers, like they're movie posters for your book. Like if you look at like an Avengers movie poster or like the frozen movie poster, I don't know why those are the two comes to mind. But you never see them like stand like that in the scene like they're not all doing the Charlie's Angels pose like, yep
0: yep
1: it's just like it, it makes it look cool and like you want to read it and if it doesn't matter if your character is left-handed and they're holding the sword in their right hand like it doesn't matter it's a movie <laughs> poster be a book um i and, love yeah. that <laughs> yeah it's so funny yeah you, you have to give up some things in querying and like publishing but you shouldn't give up the things that are important. You, like, you shouldn't give up, like, the core of your story. You shouldn't give up, like, your values. hmm But, like, you can concede on the cover. That's okay. It's a small price to pay. You know, at least it's the way I look at it. Yeah. Do you have any other final thoughts?
0: Um, I'm just going to emphasize... You got to stay in it. Like if you're going traditional publishing, it's going to take a while and you got to commit to it taking a while. So don't give up after the first rejection, after the first five rejections, after the first 10 rejections. You just got to keep going. And sometimes like, for example, a couple months ago, I got a rejection from somebody who I had queried like over a year ago. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that happens. Like it takes a long time. A long time, long, long yes.
1: time. And also, oh, I just had one more thing. Oh, you can follow up with a query letter. We didn't mention this earlier. You can follow up with a query letter, but wait like 6 to 12 weeks is what I've heard mm-hmm. because they're busy. They're like already reading tons of stuff, mm-hmm. but it's also possible that you think got lost in the inbox, and I hear only follow up once is what I've heard. Yeah. Great. Cool. This has been Quid Pros Quo. Thank you so much for tuning in to our Writing Fundamentals series.
0: Quid Pros Quo is hosted by DC Winters and C.K. Jensen. If you like this episode, be sure to leave us a rating. And if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at quidprosquo at gmail.com. For more episodes, check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts.